I don't care how big your company is and how many offices your company has and how many different things you're going to buy from us. That's that's just where the market is right now. So, so we're having to really, really source the market and source the products and really, really get diversified in, in our relationships and our national relationships and our local relationships with uh, the vendors and suppliers and, and the uh, agents that represent those products. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. Your hosts today are the illustrious Chloe Gidry-Reed, and I'm Matt Colicello, in for Adam Moore. In this episode, we will be joined by Khalif Johnson, Procurement Manager at Turner Construction Company. Khalif has been with Turner for almost 20 years, and during that time, he's filled several prominent roles, most recently Procurement Manager. Welcome to the show, Khalif. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for having me. We're pleased to have you. Honored to be here. So excited to have you, Khalif. So let's get started. We want to know all about you. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this procurement role. So like like you said earlier, I've uh, um, had a lot of different titles within Turner Construction. I've been with Turner my entire career, right out of school at, from Auburn University down in Alabama. And um, spent some time in Nashville, Tennessee as a project engineer and uh, SBD uh, or small special projects um, division as a project manager there. Then found my way to um, doing some very large projects out on the East Coast and uh, then joined the uh, Critical Projects Division, which is data centers, and uh, found myself doing some data center work up in Canada and Chicago and out in Des Moines, Iowa. And all of those times I've had different titles, uh, superintendent, project manager, even a, a virtual design and a construction manager. So um, had a lot of different titles throughout my different years. So of all the cities that you've lived, I know this is random, but which one was your favorite? I would say Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, mm. It actually was a, uh, it's a beautiful city. It's very hot, but it also brought me back to some of my roots. Uh, my father's side of the family is from there. So uh, and I didn't really know them, but I got a chance for the two years that I was there to get to know a few folks that uh, lived there. So, And how did your path from all of those places lead you to procurement? So it's kind of a funny story. So as I was traveling with the critical projects division, we were in a pretty slow time as a company. 
Um, but the data center group was going uh, bananas. And so if you want to lack of <laughs> lack of a better term, um, but I had been away from Nashville for, I think, about six years at that point. I'm only traveling back in every other week to see my family in my house. So I kind of made an ultimatum turn. <laughs> And uh, they they said, uh, we will bring you back home, but we have this position in procurement and it's the only position we have and you got to work in the office. And I typically wasn't an office guy. So I found myself working in procurement and found myself enjoying it, actually. Um, there's, a, there's a level of, of uh, responsibility for the work that we do. Um, there's a lot of relationship building and uh, negotiating and I found myself really enjoying that part of it. You know, I, I find that a lot of supply chain and procurement professionals end up in procurement roles. I don't find that people are just like set out from college, like I want to be in procurement. But I find that the ones that find the most enjoyment and the most fulfillment are the ones who've been in other business units and really understand the business. And so through all your different roles and understanding what category managers need and being out in the field and knowing how quickly do you feel like that contributed to your success in this role? Absolutely. It, it was a big contributing factor to, to the success in the role. And, you know, knowing all the widgets and digits and all the things that have to go into building and managing a project makes it a lot easier for, for me to, you know, you know, sit down and talk to the specialists, our trade partners and our suppliers and our, our vendors about their work and what they're providing with their services and, 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 and goods and services they're providing to us. So it makes it a lot easier uh, knowing that these are the things that I know needs to go to our projects to help us build those projects. What from your vantage point is procurement? I know that's kind of a big question, but what is procurement? And, and can you maybe talk about how does it tie to the success of supply chains? So yes, procurement is basically the process of sourcing all of the material goods and services for, for, for the organization that you're working for. So it really is a lot of negotiating contracts, negotiating um, um, deals and pricing with vendors and suppliers and service service, service providers um, to make sure that your company is successful um, at, at doing their core business. So it's it's really just making sure or simply getting the goods and services that your company needs to the places that your company is going to utilize them in. Mm -hmm. Do you find that you have to negotiate with vendors and suppliers a lot? Or is it like, these are our terms, you either accept them. Do you feel like you guys get a whole bunch of pushback from vendors and suppliers? So, you know, in the term, in the, in our current market, yes, we're getting a lot of pushback from, from, from our vendors and suppliers. And that's um, really just, um, the way you know way things are right now. So um, a lot of our procurement professionals within Turner are having to do a lot more negotiating with our vendors, suppliers. Where in the past it was, here's our terms, um, here's our contracts. This is what we want. What's your price? And you know we would uh, source you know the best price in the market, best price, best delivery terms, best uh, lead times in the market. And nowadays it's a little bit harder because you've got a lot of um, suppliers that are getting pressure from their raw material providers on price and delivery times. And they're really looking to negotiate those terms up 
back to us and that risk back to companies like myself and to clients and to owners of, of, of businesses. So it's become tougher in this market. Um, and a lot of us procurement professionals, especially around the country, we actually have a monthly call with all of the procurement managers in, in all 44, 47 offices. We spend a lot of time talking about that and talking about national suppliers and who has the best relationship with them and, and what the current challenges are. So 47 offices, I think one of the things we jumped right into who you are, but maybe tell us a little bit about Turner Construction and how large you guys are and what your presence is for those of our listeners that may not be familiar with the brand. Yeah, so Turner Construction is the largest general contractor in the United States. We're a national builder with uh, over 10,000 employees uh, around the world, and we're an international builder as well. So we have uh, international offices um, in other countries, and um, our international group is based out of New York. Our corporate office is based out of New York as well. We're, on average, I think we're a 13 to $14 billion company a year and and we're definitely we have 47 offices i think we, we might even ha- be adding another office at some point um but uh, uh officially i think we have 47 that's great that's great so when you think about all the projects that you have across you know the u.s and across the globe internationally how important is supplier diversity in your procurement practices within your supply chain and within just the delivery of of your projects yeah so it is very important and we're finding out how more important it is in our current market that we're in um it's uh it's been a challenge uh, especially when uh, there are suppliers that supply only one good and that that good has been specified or on a project specifically on your job and they're the only supplier that possibly get it so supplier diversity is very very important and figuring out uh, which market which products are, are can be you know substituted for for that particular product and knowing that the market and knowing the, the client's needs so that um, if we can find a, a different product that actually meets their needs, that is almost or, or not equal to the product that they, they originally specified. So it takes a lot of us procurement professionals to go and source the market, to make those phone calls, to find those different suppliers. And it's even more now. So, you know, we're picking up the phone and calling suppliers and they're just saying, hey, you know, that product's out. It's out you know, 12 months. And that's what you got. We can't bring it up. I don't care how big your company is and how many offices your company has and how many different things you're going to buy from us. That's that's just where the market is right now. So, so we're having to really, really source the market and source the products and really, really get diversified in, in our relationships and our national relationships and our local relationships with uh, the vendors and suppliers and, and the uh, agents that represent those products. Khalif, can you talk a little bit more about what that looks like? Finding those suppliers, building relationships with them. How do you do that at Turner? And then how do you share that across all of these offices? So, yes, Turner Construction, you know, as big of a company as we have a national database of all of our suppliers and all of our vendors um, and what we call our pre-qualification process. So um, a lot of it is really picking up the phone, shooting out emails, finding out who the right contact locally and who the right national contacts are, getting the pre-qualification application in front of them, having them fill it out so we know about their business, what they supply, um, 
and, and you know how um, how much capacity they have uh, from year to year. We try to keep those those applications up to date so that we know when we're reaching out to the right person, we're reaching out to the right company for as capacity goes, um, and and we're putting those folks on our what we call our requisition or bid list. That um, that we're getting to get a response from them. So it's a it's a lot of work. It's a lot of phone calls. It's a lot of emails. It's uh, uh, picking up the phone and calling your other regional procurement managers and finding out who they're using. Um, if uh, that person has been successful in their market, could they come to our market? It's 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 a it's a challenge now more so than it was before. You know, I I worked in Nashville for and. and procurement agent, uh, as a procurement agent for uh, three years before I came over to Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, the subs in that market and the vendors in that market was really very localized. There's very few people that came out Maybe we had to source out to the region to get materials and supplies and, and vendors and, and, and um, subcontractors to to bid our work. But as the market has shifted there, we've had to reach out regionally um, to to bring more resources to bear in, in each one of our markets. So That's why the collaboration is key that you guys have those calls to just be able to just share. Absolutely. So I wanted to just talk a little bit about how you see DE&I just playing out on a day-to-day basis across your company. And if there's a connection with just how your company sees internal DE&I strategy versus the external strategy of supplier diversity. Absolutely. So, so there's definitely a connection um, between internal DE&I and external DE&I. The, uh, and, and, I, and I'll put it this way. So, you know, we work in a lot of diverse markets. We work in a lot of different markets. They're all different. They all look different. People in those markets and the cultures in those markets are all different. So I know, um, one of the key strategies that's been put to all of our business managers is that we wanted to make sure that our um, our managers and our uh, workforce represents the, the the communities that we live in, that we work in, um, that we serve. And how that helps with external DEI is that the more you have um, people that live in and work in and and look like those people that they serve, the more that uh, businesses and relationships are developed um, with with those those type of businesses that uh, represent the community. So it's very, very important. Um, And uh, so, you know, the old adage with businesses is people do business with people they know. And, um, you know, as you if you're a diverse business, you're going to have more opportunities to find uh, talent to find other business sources that that you wouldn't typically look at because you only did business with you, the people that you knew. So as you as we reach out into these communities and we're going to different events, you know we're finding uh, those sources in our community. So it it really is a symbiotic relationship when you have people that look like each representing the communities that they're in and and getting the services from that community that they're in. Yeah, yeah. It probably also helps if you're involved in projects that may have some contentious, you know, some contention around where they're being built or 
what's going on. And if you have constituents and suppliers and vendors that are part of that build or part of that project that are also local to the community, they can also be champions for you guys. So I'm sure that it there's multiple facets to, to why that, that that works. Because when you think about just in community engagement, that helps. That definitely helps by, by using those local vendors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a big focus of mine. I, I, the first thing I did when I came to, to Memphis was I, you know, I joined a bunch of different organizations. I started, uh, I, I, I asked about, you know, what boards I could sit on um, to really, inger, you know, in, you know, really be a part of the community and really find out uh, which businesses are, are really involved in the community and community efforts so that we want to do business with those, those, those folks as well. So it's, it's very important and very important and, and, and diversity and inclusion um, internally helps with that because it, you know, we're really, you know, starting to pull folks from the community to work for us in our offices Therefore, um, able to to really have an effect on the communities that we work in. I love this because you're making clear how responsible and inclusive procurement manager actually has to be out in the community. It's not just about bringing diverse businesses in, but you being out and being embedded, you being out just as much as you're bringing people in. That's right. Yeah. When you think about just procurement overall, you know, and and I would say maybe just in the construction space, how do you feel like it can be improved outside of Turner, but just procurement in general? You know, there's so many levels to procurement. So there's there's levels from from owners and developers and uh, architects that the, the level of procurement at that high level, the, um, procuring services, my services, and and then at my level, procuring um, the vendors and suppliers um, directly and into that services, and even some owners and developers procure those vendors and suppliers directly. So um, there is a, there's a lot of levels to, to procurement. Um, and then, you know, everyone does things differently. Um, and, and, and I don't know um, if I have any answers or, or if I can figure out how to make it better, but because of those differences and because of the organizations that, that procure different products and they have their own internal rules, policies and procedures, a lot of times the, the vendors and suppliers, they put a lot of pressure on them to, to um, provide their services within those different realms, right? And I really don't know if I have the answer to, to make that any better because of the way those organizations are, are set. But um, that, is, that is definitely a challenge um, that, that we all face in, in procurement. You know, yeah, because it makes it small on those small, it makes it hard on those small businesses and those vendors with all these different terms and different conditions. And yeah, that's right. You know, you know one of the things that Turner has done is, is try to um, make information available as fast as we can uh, to our vendors and make sure it's clear. Um, a lot of times I've seen um, bid requisitions or requisitions for support for products and supplies that are very vague. The terms are vague. The what they're asking for are vague, and that can be a very big challenge for any vendor supplier to be able to provide their services in in that in those vague terms. So you know we we do um, try to do a good job of making sure that we're doing outreach events that we're doing, uh, explaining uh, the projects or the or the services that we're trying to provide. 
We have all of our electronic documents available and accessible at the, at the same time. Everything is very clear uh, on what we want from our supply chain, the timing, the, the schedule, the logistics around getting their products to the site. Um, all that stuff has to be very, very clear for you to get a, um, a, a, a competitive number from, from your vendors and, and, and also for them to understand how your request is going to affect their business down the line. Because a lot of times we're requesting products and, and services for projects that may go three years and their service may not even be needed three years late, you know, in the, in the late stage of the project. So you got to be very clear on when you need them and why you need them. And then um, there's a lot to that even after that, after you can get the the price and you've negotiated the, the contract and terms and conditions. Now you've got to make sure that the, the product that you want is the product that you're getting. So there's a there's another step of going through submittals and getting them approved and making sure clients and architects are, you know, this is what they really truly want. And sometimes they're not really, really don't know what they want. So they got different options and, and settings in there. So that, uh, so that now you've got to send in samples and, and get those approved. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of work to make sure that the product that they want gets to the job on the, in the time frame that you want it. So what, procurement can do as an industry is be uh, as clear as they, they they can be when they're requesting those products and services up front. That resonates with me on so many levels. And I don't even think that that's unique to construction and to your industry. I think that we as a community, just as an ecosystem of business professionals, I feel like the law space, they do a good job at that, obviously. But I think that, um, we could all be communicating a little bit clearer just in procurement and supply chain and supplier diversity in general, um, making sure that things are concise and transparent so that when we talk about working with vendors and suppliers and setting them up for success, the first hurdle is just making sure that they understand, you know, what, what, what you're trying to procure and what their responsibility around this is. And a lot of times, at the very basic level, there's always a miscommunication just at that level. So, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think investing in making sure that things are clear and concise is, is very important. Yeah. I mean, Khalif, we, we always talk about this because it's like that clarity and transparency is essentially accessibility and accessibility is fundamental to inclusion, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's sort of like all, all connected. Yeah. So, I mean, it's great to hear that that's what you're doing and that's the direction that, that Turner construction has, has moved in. That, that, and, and that clarity goes down to even, you know, so that the hurdles that are diverse, um, supply chain has to deal with it, it's it makes it so much easier for them to be able to be included um, because it's uh, you know there's there's no there's no hurdle for us information how can I get it where can I get it from uh, who do I contact um, and, you know what if I don't know anyone at this company mm -hmm. but I'm qualified like That's right yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, we take even more steps with, with them and making sure that we're not only, you know, giving them clear information, but reaching out to so a lot of times that they're getting information from from a thousand different places. And, um, you know, they may be qualified and they may be have the uh, capabilities of doing it, but they don't know who Turner is and they don't know 
and, or they know who Turner is and they go, no way I'm working for that big old company. So it really takes some, some, some personal touch to, to sometimes pick up the phone and say, Hey, you know, I, I'm seeing your company around town. Um, and you've worked for this other contractor or whatever the reason why you would want them to, to, to be a part of your project. You, you know, sometimes you've got to entice them to come, come work for you. Um, and that, that's some lobbying you have to do. That takes, mm-hmm. takes some effort, but you know, you know, places like Memphis, it's actually been easier because, um, you know, being part of programs like MMBC and MAPCA and the city of Memphis does a really good job of having a good database of subs of vendors and suppliers. You know, the airport authority does a really good job of having a good database of their DBEs and, uh, it makes it a lot easier to include them because their information is available and, and, and quick to get to. Um, so it, it makes it uh, it makes it easier for a person like me when there's a lot of different vendors and suppliers and, you know, and to be able to disseminate that information out very quickly. Absolutely. And you've got a lot of competing priorities too. So, I mean, you don't have time to do, you know, something easy, a tool that helps you find and source some. I've already worked on some of these projects, especially with the airport authorities. They do a really good job of keeping a, a good, healthy list of whoever's worked at any of the airports, which I love. So lastly, for our suppliers who are listening, what are some of the opportunities that in terms of procurement that you guys look for suppliers and vendors to engage with them? That's a really good question because I talk to my manager here early part of the year. And one of the bigger things that we haven't done in this community is really partner with uh, a vendor or, or, or another GC or, or, or supplier as a true partner or joint venture or uh, association. Um, and that is an opportunity that we're still out there actively looking for in the community. And it's not one of those opportunities where we as Turner would go to a uh, another person and and, and, su- and suggest those. We're looking for a, um, a capable uh, vendor, supplier, or, or, or contractor to come to us and say, hey, you know, I have got this opportunity. I've got some capacity, but I could really use Turner's you know, capacity to help and, and bring that to bring those opportunities to Turner to see if we can we can do something to help them secure that opportunity and um, and be a good community partner. So that's one of the things that, you know, as I'm in the community and pushing, I'm trying to trying to do that's a that's a it's, it's a it's a good opportunity for to help us help them build their their capacity up and 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 have a win-win situation um, with those projects that they may have that we may not be looking at at all and and we do we'll have some of those so some you know depending on the the client's opportunity that they have out there we'll we'll look for a partner we'll find try to find someone to to meet the goal that may be set up but it's a lot easier when they come to us how to make that work for them and uh, that's you know if you guys if anybody's out there looking you know, and you've got an opportunity, but it may be a little bit beyond your capacity. I'll be happy to sit down with you, talk to you about it and uh, and, and, and try to uh, see if Turner could help. I will say this, Turner is a large general contractor. We do very little residential work and it would have to be residential multifamily apartments. Disclaimer. I love it. Disclaimer. <laughs> 
That is wonderful because I think oftentimes that that's something we don't necessarily think about. And I think just as small and diverse vendors, if you see an opportunity, but you don't have the capacity to potentially service it or do that project on your own, I don't know the first thought would be, oh, let me reach out to the largest, you know, construction company in the U.S. to see if they'd partner with me. I mean, I'm just so glad that you mentioned that because I think that there's so many times entrepreneurs may see opportunities and be like, you know, this is too big for us and turn it down. And I think that that's a missed opportunity. And so I just applaud you guys for being open to even allowing suppliers and vendors to come to you with different projects to see if it might be something that's a good fit for, for Turner. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we don't mind it at all. Um, we're doing it on the Obama um, library up in Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. We weren't looking at that project Um the uh, the contractors that formed the group uh, that that uh, we are a partner with were a minority partner with them. Um, nice. And uh, they came to us. They we they came to us and they said, "Hey, we love the way Turner has, does business, and we love the way that you guys support the community here in Chicago. Love and that. we would like you know to see if you guys wouldn't." Uh, partner with us to go after the the Obama Library. So that is uh, something that has, that happened. Wow! And uh, it is a great example of yeah. you know the community coming to Turner and, and looking to to increase their capacity to go after something that uh, they wouldn't be able to do by themselves. So. And I think that that just speaks to what you mentioned earlier about like just getting involved in the community, and Matt touched on it too about would they have known that you guys were so involved in the Chicago community or any city for this matter had, you know, you guys not had this philosophy of getting involved and getting out in front and being involved in different trade associations and and what's happening. I'm sure chambers, local chambers, but just making sure that your presence is known in those communities and those cities. I say it all the time. Turner is actually, you know, we have, we're a big corporation. We have a lot of offices, but you know, all of our officers are in different communities. And uh, we, you know, we all live locally in those communities. And um, so we want to make sure that our communities drive, they survive and they grow and they, and uh, you know, we can all feed our families and we can have fun and we can raise kids and, and, and enjoy those communities that we live in. So, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Khalif. Thank you, Khalif. Be sure to check Check us out on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review on Apple podcast and check out previous shows. Stay tuned for next time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.